This issue's kind of been festering for me uh, and bothering me more uh, as I read more and more of the report. But um, this report coming from a, a body representing American psychologists questions for me if science has been completely replaced with politics and ideology. Because according to the association, boys should no longer do things like compete, you know, play rough, be brave, lead. The report basically says boys should not be boys. According to the study, traditional masculinity, by the way, that's the new word, so forget toxic masculinity. Now it's traditional masculinity uh, is harmful to boys. The more masculine he is, the more likely he'll be homophobic, sexually aggressive, or turn to risky behaviors like drug and alcohol. And the uh, thrust of the research is that traditional masculinity, which uh, would be marked by stoicism, competitive dominance, aggression, all bad. Telling men, uh, boys to suppress emotion hardens them and uh, limits a male's psychological development as boys conform to masculine norms. And that's all saying that they risk turning out to be men, which apparently we no longer want. And uh, make no mistake, this will be widely accepted by the mainstream because it is being presented by academics with fancy degrees and because this is a major governing body of psychologists in the United States. I want to bring Oren uh, Amate into this conversation because he is a registered psychologist. You can reach him at docamate.com. Hello there, sir. Hello, Alex. So after I read this report, I thought of people's heads who would explode, and I figured yours did. Um, is this, does this report bother you? Uh, it, it does on so many different levels. Uh, it's, it's, it's a piece of garbage. Okay. But, but, okay, the fact that you can say that um, as a psychologist, but the fact that, I mean, am I wrong to suggest that because this is a, such a big organization, this is going to get a lot of mainstream legitimacy? Yeah, sadly. And um, as Ben Shapiro wrote in his piece on the Daily Wire, mm-hmm. um, I mean, the APA, the American Psychological Association, is giving up any semblance of a, let's say, scientific or psychological organization and is basically becoming a group of ideologues. And this, the ideology they are promoting is um, based on not research, well, it's, it's research, quote-unquote, uh, but it's basically with a predetermined outcome. As long as it, it shows that the patriarchy is bad, boys, and, you know, because they're trying to be sympathetic. Well, let's, you know, poor boys, they're being raised to live up to some ideal that the patriarchy has thrust on them, and God forbid they're boys of color or something, you know, of, of low income, et cetera, et cetera. And instead of saying there are some issues that affect males and females, boys and girls, men and women, instead of saying that, it's basically saying the underlying tone is patriarchy bad, and we have to do everything to fight it, lest society crumble. Albeit, it, it, you get a good chuckle, chuckle in the fine print because they basically say, by the way, uh, if you need to bring out that patriotic uh, patriarchy to take care of, of your family and uh, make sure everything's safe, you can do that. Otherwise, it's bad. Right. And I mean, they're talking out of both sides of their mouth. And uh, sadly, some of the, I mean, look, some of the stuff that they mention are you know, serious issues that do affect boys and men, as well as girls and women. Um, But a lot of the issues that they're saying face males are due to changes that have resulted from the APA's own, you know, um, efforts uh, over the last number of decades. 
So when they talk about boys having problems with school and so on, partially that's because bad research uh, done by people with a clear agenda um, changed the way that education has been um, conducted. And this education favors girls. And I'm not saying girls have it easy in school. They definitely do not. But um, uh, the research that's been going on for the last 20 or 30 years has really been biased. So, again, it's geared toward a female type of education, completely ignoring that boys do learn differently. Not all boys. And the overlap, you know, the differences between boys uh, or among boys, sorry, is, is greater than between boys and girls overall, uh, in general. But the fact is different children learn differently and when you try to design a program to conform to a certain type of learning only and that learning is more advantageous to girls then half the population is going to suffer right but but you know there's no question that this study is trying to feminize boys Oh, no doubt. Okay. Um, and we, we've been seeing that for quite a long time. I mean, I drop my child off every day in his school, and, you know, it's got dollies and it's got kitchenettes and, and cooking things. It is very much geared um, to to kind of more feminine type of play. And, you know, they discourage things like wrestling. I mean, dare a boy, a bunch of boys go out and play tag and wrestle each other and get dirty. That stuff doesn't happen anymore, which bothers me. I have no issue um, encouraging boys to be gentle and kind and, and empathetic. There's nothing wrong with that. But I also don't think there's anything wrong with a boy being competitive. Um, You know, I see the look in my little guy's face now. The more he competes, the more fun he seems to be having. I'm I'm not not discouraging that. No. And you see, unfortunately, uh, anything taken to an extreme is, you know, usually not that healthy. So if a boy is aggressive to the point of being violent, Obviously, that's not good. But if they are aggressive to the point of learning to win, to succeed, to to challenge themselves, and and you know just to gain that sense of self-esteem because they tried really hard and accomplished something, if we're discouraging that, we are discouraging a natural part of human development, and that's what we're seeing. Um, we're seeing so many kids, boys and girls, and yeah. when I say kids, it goes into early adolescence as well or late adolescence. We are seeing them becoming fragile. We've talked so much about this. It's not a myth. Children, young adults are not equipped to deal with the challenges um, that, you know, that life brings because of these kinds of feminization um, of, of all children and this, this bubble wrapping of them. And again, I sound like a, uh, like a cliche, but we're seeing the outcome. This is why boys and girls are, uh, are reporting higher levels of depression, Suicide. stress, yeah. anxiety. And and because they're having identity crisis. Oh, the identity crisis is one you know is a huge part of that for sure. Um, when you're telling people not to be who they naturally are, right? What, what can you expect? Well, you can expect people like Jordan Peterson yourselves to to push back because, I mean, the rise of Jordan Peterson in, in not just in the whole um, you know issue with the pronouns and all the rest of it. One of his big reasons for success is because he is teaching very much to say it's okay to be a boy, it's okay to be a man. Um, and you need to be a man if that's who you're going to be. And it resonates clearly because he's gotten such mainstream, um, you know, support on this very issue. But, you know, you and I had a conversation not too long ago because we've sp- spoken about these issues. And I wanted to get kind of some some information as I was looking into research. Um, and you said to me, you know, we don't have the data because to get the data would be completely immoral because we would be experimenting on kids and that was in discussions about transgenderism isn't this the exact same thing it's a social experiment 
we, some people with an ideology think, hey, why don't we try this without the science behind it? In fact, the only science that exists would, count, would argue against it. You know, we have to infer that this is bad. So, for example, let me just give one example. When we're telling boys that they should feel bad, that they should apologize, they should literally apologize for being, for example, a white male, a colonial, you know, a product of a colonial system. When you tell them that, well, let's look at the research. And what does the research say about marginalized groups when they are made to feel inferior, when they're made to feel that there's something wrong with them, when they're made to feel guilty for being who they are? Well, we know that has very pernicious effects on them. So why would we do the same thing to a whole group of innocent children? Right. right. That's what the evidence shows. So all of this guilting and shaming and how dare you be even heterosexual or cisgendered or whatever, by doing that, we are setting these children up for, you know, for a life of insecurity, of, of poor self-esteem. Or failure. So, okay, why then has not um, all hell been raised? I mean, I, I get that people like you have spoken out, Dr. So has, has spoken out, I've, I've had a few people on, but even posting something like this on social media, you get massive backlash because you are either um, intolerant, homophobic, whatever. But why hasn't the, the conversation, and and I'll, I'll kind of juxtapose it on the, the sex ed, you know, there's been pushback from parents on this, um, and it's not just social conservatives. There are a lot of parents very concerned that gender studies in that are confusing kids and it's being taught too early. And if you even raise that kind of concern, you are then considered homophobic or intolerant. Why is it not okay um, to have this debate? And why isn't more being made of it? It's because a few people with um, loud voices were able to get into positions of some kind of power, or they were able to influence people in positions of power. And once they got a foothold, and they were able to change the narrative for the reason that you just like in the way that you just said. So if you dare challenge it, they just throw at you: you're homophobic, you're a racist, you're you know bigot, whatever. And so people learned through experience and and through observation that if you do speak out, terrible things can happen to you. Uh, And I'm sure you know with Dr. Ken Zucker, for example, at CAMH a few years ago, right? The leading researcher in transgender issues was fired from his position, unjustly so, as the lawsuit um, last year that was settled proved. But if that can happen to someone like him, if people, if other leaders in the field, whether it's about transgender issues or about you know sexuality or anything else like that, um, if they can have such terrible uh, consequences, then people who are just coming up to the ranks, who want their tenure, who mm-hmm. want you know a position in a hospital or wherever else, they're terrified of losing that, and that's not some um, exaggerated fear. It okay. Happens. Yeah, right. So when I joke the lunatics are running the show, the asylum, I'm actually apparently not wrong. But, you know, so I look at this and say it's it's not um, toxic masculinity uh, or traditional masculinity that we should be scared of. It's this toxic academia that is it, that is completely, I think, uh, spreading um, very dangerous, um, you know, ideology across uh, our school boards and, and to our kids. It certainly is. And the people in acad- uh, academia, whether it's at the postgraduate level or at the, um, you know, let's say in the public school level, or mental health professionals, we have to speak out and say, at the very least, a lot of these proposals that are, you know, are being forwarded 
don't have science behind them. They mm-hmm. are driven by ideology. And I think these are not malicious people or malevolent people in most cases who are promoting it. Uh, they, they are do-gooders. They want to virtue signal. And they think that they are helping society. But they are not. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, you know, when you believe that you're doing something right um, and you can say that I am righteous, mm-hmm. well, unfortunately, if you're self-righteous, you're not going to be doing the right thing. And too many people uh, don't want to be tarred with that yeah. label of, Again, racist, homophobe, etc. Well, I guess it won't be until a bunch of, of kids uh, start kind of vocalizing this and putting a face to it. That's when the tide will will turn. Unfortunately, uh, a whole bunch of lives are going to be destroyed in the process to get there. Um, just before I let you go, I don't have a lot of time to talk about this, but I did notice this headline um, while I was looking into um, this particular issue. And, and a reporter of the UK is uh, talking about the looming crisis, and that is a number of leading sport organizations are now looking at policy on transgender athletes ahead of the next Olympic Games because they're now realizing there's a major crisis brewing as as men transition to women and want to compete in games and and it's it's unfair to the women exactly like and how did they not realize when they accepted this 20 years ago that oh yeah this is going to be a problem <laughs> I know, and, and they spent so many years trying to clean up, you know, with the Chinese and the Russians and the East Germans, you know, with all the doping. And now we've basically opened the floodgates that, hey, come on in. People who are naturally, um, uh, let's say, they, mm-hmm. they derive the benefits of extra testosterone and bone density, et cetera, you know, let's, let them now compete against the women. It's ridiculous. And, it, and, and look, the idea of trying to be inclusive and trying not to be transphobic, et cetera, I support that. But we have to have limits, and these go beyond any reasonable limits. Well, yeah, because you're taking women's rights away, and women who fought for those rights are going to have a real issue with that. <laughs> so that's why it's going to become, it'll become a battle of the trans activists versus the feminists, and it's going to be a well, loud fight. <laughs> yeah, it, well, it's been going on for a, number, yeah. a couple of years now, and it's an ugly fight. It is, but it is now me- reaching the mainstream. So sit back, I guess, and get your popcorn, but it's going to be interesting. Um, doctor, I've got to let you go. Thank you very much. Thank you, Alex. That is Doc Amate, registered psychologist. You can get him at docamate.com. Here on Point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.